Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're continuing our verse-by-verse expository preaching through the book of Mark. We entered chapter 4 last week, and we're going to camp here for a couple of weeks in verses 1 through 20. Now, if you joined us last week, you learned why Jesus began at this turning point in his ministry to teach in parables. Because so many had rejected his teaching, even attributing his divine power to Satan, Jesus began teaching in a way that would not be clearly understood by those who were committed in their rejection of him. Beginning this week, we enter the first parable, and it's an important one. It's about those who were hearing him yet rejecting his message. And in this parable, known as the parable of the soils, we see four categories of people who hear the gospel of Christ, one who embraces it, and three that reject it one way or another. Every one of us today fits one of these descriptions, so it's critical to understand what they are. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, The Soils, Part 1. Now, it's always fun to compare Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and harmonize the chronology of the Gospels. That's a, a, one of my greatest joys is studying how the Gospels harmonize. But if you take Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are the ones that mention this day, they, they actually vary the exact order of the events on the day when this flood of parables began. So we, <coughs> we can't be really dogmatic about the sequence. It appears he probably spoke a few parables, then he had a chance to get alone with the disciples, explained what he was doing, and interpreted the first one for them, and then or the first couple for them, and then went back and told more. But uh, we can be sure that there was a time that Jesus spoke separately to the apostles and the other genuine followers. That's when they asked, why the parables? We already studied that in the introduction to Mark 4. And then they asked about the interpretation, which we will study soon. Verse 11, and he was saying to them, now notice a a bifurcation here. He says, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, or but those outside, get everything in parables. Do you see the the dichotomy? Do you see the two camps? Either you accept him and his message, or you reject him and his message. And he puts it into those categories. You, you're getting the mystery of the kingdom. Those on the outside, they're just getting parables. He said it earlier that day in. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30 is where it's recorded. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. So you're either going to be getting new information about this mystery form of the kingdom of God, or you're going to be on the outside. And remember that I said to you, a parable unexplained is essentially a riddle. So he made it harder for people to understand unless they were willing to be taught by the Spirit of God. Jesus spoke in parables to explain things about the kingdom of God to those who would accept it, 
relatively few percentage-wise, and he did it to hide things from those who reject, which is the vast majority. And remember then, this is the mystery. Not formerly revealed, now made known. That's the crucial concept you need to grasp. So go on to verses 11 and 12 together. He was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are on the outside, they get everything in parables so that, and now you'll notice an Old Testament quote, while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand, otherwise they might return and be forgiven. Now here's something fascinating. The Old Testament quotation here is from Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. Now keep in mind, Mark was writing for a Gentile audience while Matthew wrote for Jews. So it's instructive for us to notice that in Matthew's version of this, in chapter 13, verse 14 of Matthew, he says that the actions of the leaders of Israel fulfilled the words of Isaiah. Now what you see if you go back and piece all this together, and you that have been studying Isaiah uh, in our Sunday school class probably know this already, but for the unenlightened, let me fill you in. The word for fulfilled that Matthew used is an intensified version of the word that means something like totally filled up or ultimately fulfilled. Now here's the nuance of Matthew's use of that word and the quotation by Jesus from Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6, I said, I said the wrong reference there. Isaiah 6, 9, and 10 was fulfilled not long after it was written when judgment fell upon Israel and she was taken off into captivity. That's what historically Isaiah was referring to or prophetically what he was referring to. But according to Jesus... That prophecy is totally filled up. In other words, here's the ultimate sense in which that is true. Yes, it was fulfilled by the nation rejecting him and getting taken off into captivity, but now it's totally fulfilled by the nation rejecting their Messiah, their King, their Lord, their Savior. So when it came to seeing the truth, uh, their eyes were closed to spiritual things. When it came to hearing the truth, their crusty ears prevented them from understanding the spiritual truth. And it was all because of the unbelief in their hearts. This was truly a pivotal day, not only in the life of Jesus, but in the kingdom plan of God. It is a great spiritual privilege to hear and understand these parables. So I bet you're willing to get started with that. The parable of the soils, verses 1 through 9. The privileged hearers, verses 10 through 12. Now, the interpretation, the soils and souls. Come next week, and we will dig up the dirt on your soul. There's a lot here. But please, don't wait a week to apply what you've learned. And to think about how this is significant as you 
sow seed. It always amazes me when I ride on a great big airplane that those things get off the ground. I mean, you ever, you ever been outside next to one of those? Uh, they're, they're about four or five stories tall. I looked it up. An, an Airbus A380 fully loaded can weigh 1,265,000 pounds, and it flies. Now, at takeoff, uh, I love takeoffs, especially if they're successful, landings even better. The, at takeoff, the pilot unleashes all the thrust of those huge engines. Don't you like to hear that rumble and get pressed back into the seat? And they get all that metal and equipment and luggage and human flesh rolling down the runway, and they're accelerating to the airspeed necessary for takeoff. Now, if something goes wrong, the pilot has to shut down the engines and slam on the brakes in time to get all that mass stopped before the end of the runway. So you know the term that we're sneaking up on here. There's a point at which the plane is going too fast to stop before the end of the runway. So it has to either take off or crash. That's called the, you know the word, point of no return. Now here's what I want you to grasp. In spiritual things, people can go on their own way. And God will let them. They can even rev up their sin engines in creatively evil ways. But make no mistake, there is a spiritual point of no return for souls. Just like there's a point of no return for a giant aircraft. When a person reaches that point where the truth bounces permanently off the heart, that soul is lost forever. That's what Hebrews 10 is talking about. Now, we know that a person can reject and reject and reject and then repent, right? You're here. I'm here. We know that a person can love the world and then finally realize the folly of it all and repent. We know that a person can hear the gospel and react emotionally and fall back many times and then at last repent. But Jesus declared that as of that day in His ministry, Israel's leaders, speaking for the nation as a whole, took themselves and that nation beyond the point of no return. Do you remember how in the book of Exodus, Egypt's Pharaoh in the days of Moses, it says in Exodus 7 and 8 and early in 9, it says several times, Pharaoh hardened his heart. Then you get to Exodus 9, 12, and it says, The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He went past the point of no return. Please, I beg you, don't let yourself get to that point. And if you know people that look like they're headed there, keep sowing the seed. Keep sowing the seed. And as I said, next week we will dig up the dirt on your soul. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you for your marvelous, infinite grace in Christ. Thank you for letting us be 
a part of your plan for the- If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.